The following program is part of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations China podcast series. For more information on the National Committee, visit us at www.ncuscr.org or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Weibo. This is Steve Orlands, President of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by John Frisbee, who is President of the U.S.-China Business Council, and has held that job, I think, for about as long as I've been president of the National Committee. Almost 11 years, is that right? I'm a little bit more than 11 years. God, so you've been a, even a longer tenure than, than, uh, than me. The Business Council puts out a truly magnificent report, which they call, it has a very kind of tame name, where it's called USCBC 2016 Membership Survey colon, the business environment in China. But what it is, it's a survey of their memberships, their membership, which is incredibly enlightening. So many people have anecdotes about what's going on in China, and there's very little data. But this really provides the reader with what I think is really important data, and I think makes an enormous contribution, at least to my understanding, of the business environment in China. So, John, start off, and, and um, where can one download this, I guess, is my first question. Well, you could go to the U.S.-China Business Council website. Uh, our surveys are always easy to find there. And what's the website called? www.uschina.org. uschina.org. That's, that, that's better than ncuscr.org. That's more catchy. <laughs> first question is, how many um, member companies participated we have, U.S. China Business Council has about 200 plus members. We are a broad-based organization, meaning we're, half of our membership roughly is manufacturing, half of it is services. We have agriculture and, and resource companies. Uh, I think close to 120 of our companies participated this year, so it's a pretty good snapshot of what's going on. How does that compare with prior years? Uh, it's about the same or higher. We've been pretty consistent. We've been doing this survey every year that I've been uh, with the U.S.-China Business Council. And one thing that's a little bit unique about it, there's other surveys out there, the local American Chambers of Commerce in Beijing and Shanghai do them, the EU Chamber does good ones. All of the responses are largely consistent, which makes ours a little bit, what makes ours a little bit different is that roughly half the uh, respondents are executive based in China, so you get that on the ground perspective, but about half are based elsewhere, so you can get China in the global context. And when this survey is filled out, they let you know who filled out the survey, where in the organization it was filled out. That's right. What are the major takeaways? I will point to some takeaways in the operating side of things and then also on the policy side. But on the operating side, what jumps out this year is that China's growth slowdown is showing up in a revenue slowdown for American companies. Um, we've seen that developing over the last couple of years. Um, Two-thirds of our companies are still projecting an uh, increase in revenues this year, but nearly 20% are anticipating a revenue decline. And that's a pretty big number. So I think it's reflecting that growth slowdown that uh, is well known. The other thing that's happening is that competition with domestic Chinese companies is intensifying. That's the number one challenge uh, in the top 10 challenges that we identify every year. Uh, it's been number one for the last 
two years. Um, companies remain profitable in China, and I think something like 90% of respondents this year said they will be profitable, and I think that surprises a lot of people. But increasing competition, along with rising costs, overcapacity in some sectors, are combining to continue to squeeze profit margins in China. So companies are profitable, but at margin rates that are uh, coming down versus prior years. Does the survey address how profitable and how the profitability in China compares to the profitability worldwide or in the United States? We do. We've always asked that question, and in past years, China was outperforming a lot of uh, other parts of the globe for companies in terms of profit margins. That's coming down with that margin squeeze. It's roughly about uh, a third of companies saying that their profit margins in China are better than globally, and about a third are equal, and about a third are below. Hmm. And that's, I, I'm, my recollection, it used to be more than 50% were more profitable in China than they were globally. Correct. And remember that in past years, we were still seeing the impact of the global financial downturn, where uh, companies were pressured in a lot of other markets around the globe. Mm -hmm. China outperformed. We've seen that sort of return, I would say, to the norm in, the, in uh, the past two or three years again. But it's also signifying a change in China. With that GDP growth slowdown that we've seen, it's no longer about just building capacity like it, it was in, in past years to try to capture growth. And when I say capacity, I don't just mean widget-making capacity, manufacturing capacity, but it's also could you hire enough people to build out your, your uh, services delivery, for example? If you were in retail, could you build stores fast enough? Could you hire enough people to, to populate those fast enough? So I would say up until uh, the most recent few years, it was really all about building capacity. That was your biggest restraint on, on your own growth. But with the slowdown, uh, and as companies have started to uh, get more of a footprint in the Tier 1 and Tier 2 cities, the larger cities along the coast, um, it's really now changed into more of cost efficiencies, more efficiency in how you go to market, going into tier three and four cities to capture growth. That means a much more complicated footprint. Companies are now much more uh, looking at how do they capture growth more efficiently, how do they get cost out like you would in more mature markets, particularly with the increasing competition, uh, and how do you deliver value? in a market that's growing more competitive. That's really the landscape I think mm -hmm. that most companies are looking at now. Mm -hmm. Other big takeaways? Uh, well, anytime you're in a market where you're going to have more of that competitive environment with cost increases and, and profit uh, uh, pressures there, companies are, are reacting like you would expect. Some are taking out headcount, mm -hmm. some are slowing investment. Uh, that shows up in our survey as well as not a surprise. If you move over to the policy takeaways from the survey, the big one is that uh, policy uncertainty continues to drive, I think, company outlook over the next five years. We always ask the question, uh, how does your company view the next five years? Are you optimistic, somewhat optimistic, neutral, somewhat pessimistic, or pessimistic? Pessimism numbers remain low, uh, but higher than they've been at about 10% combined. Um, but what we've clearly seen is a softening in the optimism and a shift from being optimistic to somewhat optimistic as well. The driver for that is the policy uncertainty around these lingering issues of market access, investment restrictions that uh, serve as market access barriers, and quite frankly, after three years now in, in China's uh, rolled out reform program, not much impact from those reforms 
uh, on the issues that uh, impact companies and a lot of uncertainty about where China is headed with its policy direction. That's undermining confidence uh, as well and I think is a big factor for why the the American business community voice is relatively quiet right now on China issues in Washington or during this election cycle because they're not quite sure where China is headed related to their business needs. Anything striking by industry? Does the survey kind of look at particular industries? We don't break it down by sector in our survey, but clearly sector matters. Um, in talking with our board of directors, which is global CEO level, or in uh, looking at China's own economic data, you can see that China is not just a monolith uh, here. Right. And uh, the slowdown has impacted companies most strongly in the old industrial type sectors, for example, or in infrastructure. Construction equipment, supplying coal mines, supplying real estate sector, stuff like that. But if you're tied to the consumer uh, or tied to sectors where, you know, like healthcare, for example, you're still seeing pretty good growth. Bear in mind, when we're talking about a growth slowdown, um, you know, in past years, double digit growth year over year was pretty common. Now it's upper single digit, but I would say is most common. But within that, you're going to see differences where companies in those challenge sectors might see a revenue decrease as uh, indicated in our survey, but for a lot of uh, companies in our other sectors, or like I say, tied to where there are growth areas, uh, they're doing reasonably well. Even if you look at China's own uh, GDP data by province, you know, the industrial northeast, the old style northeast uh, areas and, and north central are, you know, pretty, pretty much in a recession. But if you look at the other 25 pr uh, provinces in China, they're all growing pretty well. Hmm. Is there... What surprised you most in the, in the survey this year? Well, uh, in the survey, but even in conversations out of the survey, I would say the two trends over the last, let's say, two or three years that have cropped up pretty quickly. One is domestic competition being the top mm -hmm. issue in our survey again this year for two years in a row. But the other uh, development that is impacting a lot of companies and a lot of sectors uh, that has come on quite strong is e-commerce. E-commerce development in China has been uh, a disruptor. And I so think if you're a bricks and mortar operator, and your your business is being affected by the, but it even extends into other sectors that you might not have expected it uh, so much. Uh, you know, if you've gone over to China and you've seen how much e-commerce is built into people's lives over there, um, you can get an understanding for what uh, what it's doing with companies. So companies are all looking at uh, those platforms. Uh, how to tap into it, uh, because I think it's uh, developing in a way that, like I say, it's come on very quickly and is impacting a lot of companies across a lot of different businesses. You sit down there in Washington. Is this view consistent with the Washington perception of what matters to U.S. businesses? Probably not. Uh, I think the view in Washington, D.C. on uh, China is, is pretty negative. And has been, and I think uh, in part that's because the the government the government dialogue focuses on trying to adjust the, address the challenges. Um, but I think one thing that is lost in Washington, and, and maybe more broadly even, is the fact that even with China's slowing growth, it is still delivering more growth than most other markets around the world, and companies feel that way. And this is where the context comes. Uh, to the fore. If you're just focused on China, you will see, yes, growth slow down. There's a lot of issues. But if you, if you put China in context with other markets around the world, uh, China is still delivering pretty good growth, even at 
you know, six, six and a half percent, whatever it is, you know, they're delivering about one third of global GDP growth each year, more than the United States, and that's likely to continue. Um, the size of the economy matters. You can write that story of slowest growth uh, probably for the next 10, 15 years if you want, because China's a maturing market. But China growing six, six and a half percent now delivers more real GDP increase each year than it did at, you know, 12 percent a decade ago. Right, and a much smaller economy, sure, of course. Absolutely. Everybody loses sight of that. In terms of absolute dollars, it's much bigger, even though as a percentage, it's smaller. So it matters uh, more to companies in the same way, too. Uh, but if you've been built around a, a faster growth scenario and you're seeing slowing growth now, yes, it does matter. Like I say, companies are going to be more cost efficient and cost conscious. But I think uh, I would say in Washington that growth story is probably underweighted a bit. And certainly if we look at the uh, approach to uh, China right now, I would say the security interests are the ones that are dominant. The economic interest is a little underweighted in our approach. Mm -hmm. um, so we have uh, uh, no doubt about it, a lot of issues that need to be addressed with China. And like I say, that uncertainty about China's policy direction is very real in the American business community. But I think uh, not lost in the business community is that you know there's a compelling growth story right. there. The which, big question is, can you access that right. growth? Which segues into my last question is, what does the survey tell the United States government about what policies it should be following? What's the policy takeaway from this for the U.S. government? One, we need to make sure that we stay engaged and try to do everything we can to help companies overcome those barriers that are uh, limiting their access to that market growth as fully as it should be. Um, it's not a situation where we should be looking at policies that would disengage us or create more problems in the relationship than they would solve. Uh, we have a real economic interest in China. When I say we, I mean the United States as a country. Uh, we need to figure out better ways to try to address those issues and make sure we don't take steps that they would tend to be disruptive. Not easy, and it's frustrating work for the, for the diplomats that have to engage on it, uh, but it's enormously important to our economic health to get the relationship right. I've had as my guest today John Frisbee, President of the U.S.-China Business Council. I suggest you download at uschina.org the USCBC 2016 Membership Survey, The Business Environment in China. For those who want to understand what U.S. business is doing in China, it is a must read. John, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Steve.